My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest is Yewande O'Neill, a passionate advocate for people to discover who they were created to be. Yewande loves to see people walk in their God-given purpose and do it with excellence. She lives to seek God's kingdom first, and she is doing so in ways that have transformed her life through many, many seasons, which she'll share all about today. After working in the corporate world for several years, Yawande felt God tugging on her heart, and she founded Women of Kairos in 2015, which is a nonprofit organization focused on helping women move into and in their purpose. I love it. I am honored to be speaking this year at the Women of Kairos conference on October 13th in Atlanta. She lives in Georgia with her husband, Elvin. There's so much to say, but I'm just going to welcome her now. Yawande, welcome to Heroes for Her. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Me too. Okay, so give everybody a little overview about yourself. You were born in Nigeria. You grew up in the D.C., Maryland area and sort of all over the U.S. So will you just give people a little background and what life was like childhood in those early years? Yeah, definitely. So um, I was born in Nigeria. And um, when I was five, actually, my family came to the U.S. Uh, So my early, early years, I actually don't really remember them that well. However, once I came to the U.S., uh, my family came to D.C. And uh, I, I went to elementary school in D.C. and then went to middle school and high school in uh, Maryland. And the thing I remember about growing up, especially when you're born in another country, is that you tend to come to the U.S. feeling out of place. Mm. Um, there's a lot of uh, things that you have challenges with. For instance, for me, um, I spoke a different language, and so I had a heavy accent. And then um, I just didn't fit in with the other kids. And I remember that growing up as kind of a big part of developing who I was. And um, I came from a family where my parents really worked hard. They were immigrants, and my dad... Uh, when he, when God gave him the vision to come to the U.S., he had a hundred dollars, and he knew no one um, here in the states. But he just had a word from the Lord: "Go, and you will see my glory." And he did. And um, just, just seeing how God opened doors for him, I think it was a really stepping stone in my life as I grew up. And so. Uh, elementary, high school, middle school, all of that was in the D.C., Maryland area. Um, and then when I was able to go to college, uh, I decided that I wanted to be a little bit further away from the family. <laughs> um, and so I went to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, and I've always been kind of that person where when I was younger, I had this idea where I was like, I want to be able to travel the world. So give me a job that I can travel the world And then I wanted to be able to, I used to see my dad come in and he'd be dressed in suits all the time. And I was like, I just want to be dressed really fancy. So that was kind of my (laughs) idea of whatever adults did. (laughs) Um, And then I knew that I was really good at math. And I had this 11th grade teacher that said, Yewanda, you should be an engineer. I had no clue what an engineer did. But (laughs) 
I just said, okay. I was, I asked him why. And he said, you were really, you're really good in math. And my son is an engineer and I think you'll be really good too. And so that's really how I became an engineer. Um, so I went to school for electrical engineering, uh, did, did okay in college, um, had some moments where it were really difficult and other moments where it was really good. And then um, I graduated with an engineering degree. And one area that I want to touch on, because I know there's a lot of young girls that listen to this and their, their parents, when I was in college, actually my freshman year, I struggled. I struggled in college and um, I had a full scholarship and I lost it my freshman year. Um, but that was also in that pain or that issue of losing my scholarship is where I really started to build my relationship with Christ. Um, and so I was able to, uh, through God's grace, uh, get my scholarship back at the end of my freshman, at the end of college. Um, and I ended up getting a full scholarship to get a master's degree in engineering. So uh, for those that are struggling, you can rebound. And sometimes when things get really difficult, it's it's a it's a way of um, showing your resilience and your tenacity, be able to pick yourself back up and keep going. Um, and so anyway, after that, I ended up uh, going and um, after I got my engineering degree, at the University of Pittsburgh. I got both of those degrees. Um, I got different offers uh, to go to different companies and I settled on the General Electric Company and I spent 12 years there um, working in a lot of different areas. Um, and so I would say, I mean, it's funny now looking back because I'm that kid that came from, you know, a family that didn't really have much, but God has been faithful. And he opened doors that I can't even imagine. So, see, and doors professionally too in that early season of like college, you know, post master's work, you get a job at GE, and there you are. And you're, you know, you have the example of your parents, right? These really hardworking, faithful parents, right? And you get to college, or sorry, and you get into the working world, right? And there you are, like, you're earning numerous awards and certifications for like a 12 year period at GE, and you're climbing this leadership ladder, right? Executive general manager, you're leading like over 200 people all over the world. And then God tugged at your heart in a way that was sort of, that was going to stretch you beyond what you had chosen in your profession. So will you share sort of how that season kind of took a turn and God started to do a work in you that had nothing necessarily to do with the professional career that you had chosen? Yeah, no, it, it's, um, it's interesting because like I said in the beginning, I mean, for me, the idea of success had to do with traveling the world and dressing fancy and yeah, nice <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I reached, reached that point in my career. I mean, I was at one point a hundred percent travel, mm. um, and I was traveling from one part of the world to another part of the world, and you know, living in the best places. I mean, there were points where I got to go to Dubai and to, to India and to, you know, Brazil, and I got everything that I wanted. And yet for some reason, I just felt this hole inside or this emptiness. Um, and even as I kept climbing up the ladder and I would see success, um, I always felt this need to help others. Mm. And it was as if I was being successful, but I wasn't helping or being able to bring other people to their success or their abilities. And I always had this drive to 
to really help people understand just who they are. So I, you could, you could be talking to me at any point and I would ask you questions and try to motivate you and coach you and things of that nature. And, um, a few years ago I was sitting down and as I was praying, um, just struggling with this whole tension inside of me of I'm moving up, but how come I don't feel completely whole? Um, the Lord impressed upon me the words divine appointment. And at the time, I really didn't know why. (laughs) Um, A lot of times it's funny how the Holy Spirit speaks because he might drop a word or two in your spirit and you might not know what he's really trying to say to you. But that's actually (laughs) the point where it's your job to really seek him. The Bible says the more that we seek him, the more that we find him. And I just started seeking him. I started asking God, like, why are you dropping these words, divine appointment in my spirit? And I came across the word Kairos and Kairos is used throughout the Bible. Um, There is chronological time and then there's Kairos time and Kairos time is that time when God does a supernatural work. It's his appointed time. And it was interesting that as I started searching the word Kairos, I realized that that was the divine appointment that the Lord was dropping in my spirit. But not that he was starting to show me my identity and my purpose and why I was created. And that was to help women, help others understand why they were created and help them accelerate into that. And I did it so many times in my life, um, even for myself. However, I never knew that that was what God was doing. So you, you know, you stumble across this word, you, you know, you, and you get a word from the Lord, right? Divine appointment, it totally intersects. And I love how God kind of crafts those moments to, to come together and in your mind and in your hearts, uh, or in your heart just at the right time that it needs to happen, right? Where you're feeling this emptiness, you're not feeling fulfilled at work. So how did you go from, you know, I got this word and then, you know, Kairos and looking at that word and what it means. How did that sort of discovery lead you to then going, okay, this needs to be like a practical expression out in the world. Like how did that lead to the founding of your nonprofit, Women of Kairos? Can you kind of walk us through that, you know, that season of, of you know, yeah. I've got an idea to now we're going to make something happen. Yeah, no, um, it's interesting. I had many divine appointments <laughs> through that process in order to found and understand what God was telling me and find Women of Kairos. Um, one of those that I would say was substantial was there was a moment where I knew God was speaking to me. I just, you couldn't tell me that it wasn't God, but I just didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what the next step was. And I'm sure many people struggle with that. And um, I was one day at our church actually, and I was walking out of the church and into the lobby. And I just, I was planning to leave the Holy Spirit beelined me towards our pastor. And at that moment, um, I just started weeping and I couldn't even control my conversation, but I had this, I know I have this burden. I just don't know what to do next. And he gave me three points that I think were the most pivotal in kind of developing women of Kairos, as well as really honing in on what God was speaking to me and moving into my purpose. And he said, if you really feel that this is what God is calling you to do, then you need to test it in three areas. So start with the church, find something in the church 
that is similar to what you're believing God is calling you to do. And so I started in young adults ministry and I started working with young women in young adults ministry. And then he said, look for it in the community. So is there an area in the community that you see God pushing you towards? And it's also similar to what you believe God is calling you to do. And um, I started working with high school students um, specifically in one high school, I developed programs that help them with their identity and help them with um, executive presence and help them with professionalism and things of that nature. And then lastly, he said, once you start seeing that and you see, see God opening doors in both of those areas, then you have to start asking yourself, is God asking you to move in your vocation? Um, and so it was kind of that those three things that I thought were very practical and, and, and really great steps that I took. Um, that helped me really see that this was what God was calling me to do. So first in, in the church, I actually um, decided to start a small group and that small group started in 2012 and it had zero people. <laughs> Literally. Of course it did. <laughs> I remember the first day that people, that, that, that the small group was supposed to start. It was, um, it was a Tuesday afternoon. It was about seven, six fifty nine, And I'm waiting. I got popcorn in the living room waiting totally. for people to and no one shows up. Not one person, seven o'clock. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, God. Cool, Lord. What does this mean? Exactly. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? And he said to me, he said, yay, one day. I want you to do this as if the people are here because the angels are with you. And I literally, I kid you not, for weeks, I I had small group as if people were there, like just being obedient to the Lord, because the Bible says the willing and the obedient, they'll eat the good of the land. And eventually God started opening doors and one person showed up and then two people showed up. And eventually, by the time I let go of that small group, there were over 30 people. I mean, the living room, my house couldn't contain the people. It was filling into the kitchen. But it took a lot of faith to believe for that. And on the same realm in the church, I also started working with the young adults ministry. And at the time, I was just really just there to serve. And eventually, I became a head coach for our young adults ministry where I was supporting um, all of the women. So if you think about structure, it was the coaches, there were coaches, and then under those coaches, there were small group leaders, and then under those small group leaders, there were women. Um, and so I was I was responsible for a young adults ministry curriculum for over a thousand young adults and specifically women. And that was all God. That was not me. That had nothing to do with me because for me, I didn't have any credentials. It was just it was a word from the Lord and I went and he did it. And so that was, you know, seeing God in my book, in, in, in the church and then in the school, the same thing with the high school. I eventually started getting asked to do things at other schools. And it was like, wait, but all I did was ask God, what am I supposed to do? I started moving and he started opening doors. And so that gave me the confidence to then say, you know what, I think it's time to transition my vocation into women of Kairos. It's time to transition my vocation into this specific area and calling where God is calling me to, to help young women become who they were created to be.
So good. I have so much to ask you. I mean, like even just what you said about, you know, you get this idea, you get like a download from the Lord and it feels so much like, okay, I got to take it from zero to a hundred in one step where your pastor gave you some seriously amazing advice that I want to go back and touch on just briefly, like to start small, like in church, like, does this need exist? What, what could I do in a safe space to just give it a try that the fact that nobody showed up and you spoke to an empty room, like in faith, you're going, no, God, you gave me this idea. He put chairs in a room, but no people, but the faith that that took and the way that God can show up when you just take the tiniest step. And in the world's measure, it's like, well, no one showed up. You should just like, this doesn't mean it means it's a no go. And God's going, no, no, no. Like I, 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 it's a step. He lights our feet, like a lamp to our feet. He lights up one step at a time and not the entire path. And I love how God took you from, let's see it in church. Okay, let's confirm it over many weeks, right? And then the room fills up. And then now you're in schools and you're watching it. And then there's this need of like, okay, other schools. And then he's like, so he took you through many seasons of, you know, let's give it a try. Let's see what's happening. How's God going to move? Okay. And then it went through these layers. So yeah. you get to vocation and you're going, okay, this is the moment where I feel like now God's kind of primed me to to step into, you know, step up into a different level of stretch and, you know, fulfillment of his plan, his purpose. So, you, you know, you, you found the nonprofit. What does it look like in the beginning? How did you get started going from like professional career to now this is vocational ministry? Right. No, that's good. And, um, I would say just to give people kind of a time frame, that was a call back in 2011, where I heard the words 2010, 2011, where I heard the words Kairos, it, it was 2012 to 2015, where it was just being obedient and trusting God and doing the small things. And then it was in 15 that I heard that call. Okay, now it's your vocation. And I would say that what that looked like uh, was a lot of moments where it was okay. Yay, one day, I want you to try this one thing. And so maybe God would bring someone that had a nonprofit and he would start to call me to sit under them. Uh, I think there is this grace that you have when you are gleaning from someone. And it's not just I want to have this, but Boy. you're just saying, how can I serve you? And so I spent seasons like literally serving people, whether it was in the church, whether it was their nonprofit, whether it was even helping on boards, just so that I can learn from that. Um, there was also the season of just like, what is, how do you start a nonprofit? Like I, I understand business, but nonprofit is a whole different world. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there is this piece of the Bible says, uh, you know, it's without knowledge that my people perish. And sometimes we don't spend enough time just really learning, like learning. What am I about to put myself into? You know, and um, it's not just here's the word from God, but what do I have in the natural that I've learned and what else do I have to get? And so I spent a lot of time just learning what nonprofits do, um, how to start a nonprofit, what the legal ramifications are, the financials, all of that. So um, just taking that season. And then I, I literally even got a consultant and I was like, I just need you to teach me everything. You know? <laughs> um, and, you know, all of that 
was before I said to the corporate world, I got to go. It was just let me learn, let me glean everything. And then to be honest with you, it actually came in 2016 because I never, I didn't necessarily always know that I was going to leave corporate America for a certain amount of time. I thought I would just be doing both at the same time or I don't, I just honestly didn't have a plan. I know the feeling. I, I, <laughs> I was teaching and then Bible and I was like, I'll just do both. And we did that for a while and I, I get it. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, and, tell us. It was one of those moments, I guess, another divine appointment where my it, there was a transition going on at work. Mm. And as that transition was happening, I started seeking the Lord about what I was supposed to do, uh, because one of my life verses is Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and everything else will be given unto you. And I, when I tell you that that scripture is so like it. It literally, if you seek God first, he will give you everything else. And I, I went about it. I, I saw this chaos and transition going on at work. And I, and I remember I was at Panera Bread <laughs> and I said, okay, God, I don't know what you want me to do. And I had a journal. I, I live by journals. So I'm sitting there with my journal and I just heard the Lord say, it's time for you to leave. And I go, nope. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Maybe I didn't hear you right. <laughs> I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> this tea I'm drinking. We're going to put this down for a second. And literally right after that, I kid you not, Aaron, I heard the Lord give me the date I was leaving. And I just sat back and I said, okay, this is a God moment. I know God is speaking to me. However, I'm one of those people where I, I really want to confirm it like 50,000 times. Yep. <laughs> like, is uh, that really what you said? Maybe like four, you know, send a dove out the clouds, exactly. like help me know. For sure. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, let me give you a couple of fleeces. You do that. Yeah. And then we're good. <laughs> yeah. and um, what happened is that I actually started um, intentionally seeking God about the word he gave me. And part of that was um, a fast where I just needed to drown out every other voice and just know that God was telling me this was it. And that was just over a couple of days. And I think at the end of that, I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was calling me to leave the corporate world to focus on women of Cairo's full time. And so I, um, I didn't tell anyone the specifics of what he said. And I was waiting for him to confirm what he said. Mm-hmm. And I kid <laughs> not, I never gave my job the date I was leaving, but I told them that I was leaving. And this was back in, March of 2016. And a month and a half later, my boss came back to me and said, Hey, based on your position and the amount of people that are on your team, we need you to stay for X number of time to train them to go to Italy and all these places to help your backfill all that. And by the time she's able to get on board, we're going to need you to, we need your last day to be. Oh, this and date. Was, and then it was the date God gave you. <laughs> date. I, of course it was. I, I literally, I remember being in my office and I almost fell out because totally. I was, it was a date. And the crazy part was the date was a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. No, like who stops a job in the middle of the week? It makes no sense. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't like, Oh, your last day's Friday. You know, oh. it was a Wednesday. It's so the, the point in time of God, it's Kairos. By yes. the way. Yeah. 
so it was a kairos moment and one thing i've learned is when god has a kairos moment for your life there's a grace that he gives you but there's also this expectancy and the speed in which things happen that they don't happen in any other time. And so it was just, it was literally a Kairos moment. Oh my gosh. I love this story so much. And offline, I'll tell you mine. We just need to hang out more, even though you went to pit. It makes me so sad. Um, I just love you. Anyway. Um, so we I'm have to talk, we have to talk about the conference. I want to talk about like what women of Kairos does and like talk about the conference. Cause I'm literally so excited to come and speak this year. Will you give yeah. everybody just the lowdown of what women of Kairos offers, what the mission, vision, everything you see it doing and being for women? Um, and talk about the conference. Cause like I can't, I can't wait to be there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, we are super excited that you're joining. And yeah. I think even you coming on board and joining as a Kairos moment type of conversation, but Women of Kairos is this nonprofit organization that's focused on helping young women um, understand why they were created. That's the bottom line. I mean, why were you put on this earth? And we we are focused on this premise of if you understand why you're created, you make life choices differently. You do life differently. And so we focus on helping you heal from your past. Um, life controlling issues, rejection, abuse, um, shame, all the things that we as women deal with. Um, I don't care what walk of life you are in there at one point in your life, you've picked up something that the Lord didn't want you to have. And we help you with healing from that. And we call that the redemption phase. And then we move into helping you understand your identity in Jesus Christ. Um, for me, I think that has been probably the most foundational thing, knowing that I am who God says that I am, no matter what season of life I'm in. Because if you think about it, and, and I told you through my story, I, coming from Nigeria into the U.S., there were a lot of things that I, I took on as identity, right? That kid that was... Um, had a heavy accent, that kid that is from another country, that kid that, you know, won't ever amount to anything because she doesn't understand the language barrier, all those things. And so eventually God had to show me my identity and that identity was in him. I am who he says I am. And then the last piece is really um, moving into your purpose. We focus on helping you identify your purpose um, understanding why you were created and then giving you the tools. So those tools, uh, can be mentor programs. We have a mentor program called Titus two, where the older women pour into the younger women. Um, we do uh, a path to purpose program and that path to purpose program really is a customized one year program that really first assesses where you're at and then gives you the tools to move into your purpose. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example. We had, one girl that we worked with and when she was in high school, uh, the, the kids told her that she wasn't smart enough to become an engineer. And that's near and dear to my heart. That is yeah. <laughs> um, like, let me have at this girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So totally. I, for me, I, I, that was so near and dear to my heart that I wanted to work with her one-on-one -on -one. and she wasn't applying to engineering school because she had heard so many people attack her identity, attack that she was qualified and she was good enough. Mm -hmm. And when we started working with her, um, she was going to apply and become a architect. 
And as I started working with her, we realized that she could become a civil engineer. That's exactly what she wanted to go into. And um, we put the tools in place to help her get into that. And she applied in her 11th grade year to many colleges for civil engineering. And she found out in her 12th grade year that she got a full ride a full scholarship into um, a school here in Atlanta uh, to become a civil engineer. She's now in her second year of school. Um, She's thriving. She's not only doing okay, she's doing well. She's thriving. She has had a co-op, which is unheard of um, in your, in your freshman year, sophomore year, different companies are trying to get and recruit her. And then not only that, what even makes me more excited about her is that her purpose and her, her heart is not only to get this degree, but she wants to use it to go to third world countries and build homes for those that don't have it. And so it's, we, it's the fact that we can pull that out of someone, give them the courage because they understand what they, who they are and what they were created to be, and then give them the tools to go out there and do it. And so that's really what Women of Kairos is. Um, I love it. So, so good. Yeah. Tell us all about the conference and not like not to segue. I know we have to wrap up quickly, but I love stories like that. And it's the, the reason for this show is to show the next generation of girls, right? That there are concrete examples of God at work in the lives of women. And the more women we can show them like serious examples. This woman's alive today. She's walking with the Lord. She's using her gifts and talents to glorify and honor him. That's the norm for girls who love Jesus. I, I love that there's examples inside women of Kairos, and I'm sure there are more um, of the work that's doing that. And that's helping them understand that your career doesn't define you. Your creator does. Amen. Oh, I love it. So good. That literally is part of the premise for this conference this year is that you were created for God's glory. And that glory is what God wants you to pursue every day of your life. It's not about the career. It's not about the position. It's about your, you were created for God's glory. And we have six phenomenal women that I am so excited um, that will be speaking, you being one of them, um, sharing different topics where really helping women understand what they were created to be. And those topics range from being fearless, which you will be talking about, to um, being excellent. We have one woman that will be talking about uh, her transition from the corporate world into entrepreneurship and now having a global brand. Uh, We have uh, another person that will be talking about freedom uh, because like I talked about before, there's so many of us that have gone through life controlling things. Mm. So many things that have tried to take our identity, take who we are in Christ. And so she's going to talk about dealing with abuse, um, sexual abuse, and then finding freedom in Jesus Christ. And now she goes around the world speaking about and helping people heal from shame and rejection um, from being abused. And so it's it's exciting to have her on board. Um, we have another person that will be talking about purpose. And um, just her story is amazing. Just to just knowing who she is and um, the, the things that she's she's gone through um, at a young age. And then lastly, we have another person that's talking about 
create a revolution. Um, and what that means is really uh, she has started a revolution around sexual purity mm-hmm. and letting women and young women and young girls understand that uh, we are precious in God's sight. And what we have is his gift to us. And we can walk in that with, with this uh, boldness and this confidence and not what the society tells us um, is what a woman in Christ looks like, but what God says it is and being holy and pure. And so I'm super excited about this conference. Um, I think that people are going to be um, not only motivated and, and, and encouraged through all six of your stories, but I also think it's going to be an opportunity for people to really find freedom in Jesus and um, really really find examples of other women that are not only successful, but they love God and we don't have enough examples of that. And so I'm I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Well, I am excited to be there. I literally can't wait to just meet you and hug you in person. And I have been working on my talk for weeks now, so I'm just really looking forward to it. We have to wrap up, and I'm going to give you a chance at the very end of the episode to like let everybody know the website, where they can get involved, how they can sign up and register for the conference and come to it because there's still spots available. But first, we end each episode with something called The Scoop. It is three rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, girl, the first question, obviously, we love heroes for girls. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? Oh, that's really good. Um, When I was a little girl, my hero was my dad. (laughs) Um, That's just being honest. Uh, I just really looked up to him for the courage and the faith that he had to, you know, just brave the unknown. Uh, and so he was, he was my hero and he still is my hero. <laughs> Love it. Second question. What is a piece of advice that has impacted your life in a powerful way? Something somebody told you or you've heard somewhere that you feel like really moved you as a person? Okay. Uh, I would say the first one that comes to mind, there's a lot of them, but the first one that comes to mind is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And I would say over the years, and especially in the most recent seasons of my life, I have realized that resilience has to do with being able to understand that life happens. There's things that are going to come your way, but the way you react to to it is going to determine how you move forward, uh, what people see as far as the gospel in action, because you can say so much to people, but they, your life and how you live it is so much more important than what you say. And so just that piece of, yeah, one day, what's your reaction to this? How do you take what life has thrown it to you and use it for God's glory? And, uh, my most recent, uh, thing that God has been putting on my heart is just there's a purpose in every pain. And so when there's difficult moments, God somehow in how he bakes that cake, he puts it all together and it becomes something that is for his glory and is for good. And there's a purpose in it. And so I would say that that has just sat with me most of my life. So good. So encouraging. Last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Uh, 
I always say this and I don't know what it means about me, but I would love to be able to be invisible. So <laughs> sneak it up on people, listen to everybody's conversations. I That's don't what know I would why, do. But that's a cool superpower. Um, that is a cool one. Be able to come into a place and hear and then go and do and kind of reminds me of the Holy Spirit, but I think it's really cool. I never thought about it that way, but that's, that is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I only thought it about like a devious way. We're like, oh, I can, you know, I could just like eavesdrop or, you know, yeah. sneak up on people and scare them. <laughs> of it that way too. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so, so excited to see you next month. I cannot wait until um, until we can be there and just encourage each other as women and hear from all these amazing ladies. Will you let everybody know before we wrap up, where is the best place for them to connect with you online, find out more about your story, Women of Kairos, everything you have going on? Yes. So um, the best place to connect with me and Women of Kairos is on any social media handle. We are at Women of Kairos. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Women of Kairos, uh, and Kairos is K-A-I-R-O-S. You can also check us out on our website. It's www.womenofkairos.com. So I'd say those are the best two places to find us. Um, And feel free to reach out at any point. I'd love to meet, speak, talk to any of you all um, and encourage folks uh, because this is all about a journey that we're all walking in together. Amen, sister. I cannot wait to see you in person. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let go.